We can do it. Good luck, us. What the heck was that? I was getting my butt settled in. Come. My butt hurts. You need comfier chairs. I know. We've been doing an extra long session in here tonight. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. You know, we always talk about Patreon and how we invest in the show. We need to invest in some... Are you saying we need to invest in our butts? Or some butt pads for these chairs. It's not the worst idea. We do sit in these chairs a lot. I mean, I have the, the swivel chair that I use for all the demo stuff. I, I recognized, like, I'm sitting in here a lot and I needed a, a comfier chair. We need comfier chairs for the podcast. The thing I... Well, I guess if we just got pads then these chairs would be fine. I worry about getting really big, nice chairs because then I have to store them somewhere in the garage. Just get. We're sitting it, on like cheap Costco folding chairs here, guys. Yeah. Are are like are the stools? Would we just be sitting too high? Is that the problem? Yeah, I don't. All right, whatever. I think I worry about a swiveling too much. You <laughs> know what I worry? The stools would probably actually grab grab it. See if how see how you like it, Steve. Grab the stool. Be somebody. Steve's gonna grab the stool. That's actually stool 2.0. I had a different stool that I bought from Costco and it broke. So I bought this one off of Amazon. This is kind of high. Yeah, that's a bit of a high stool. But we can actually raise the table. So it really doesn't matter. The The seat's kind of small. We just need butt pads for the chairs that we're sitting yeah, in. Yeah, I think... I think. So anyways... Is my, butt, is my butt big? I think my butt's bigger than yours. You do probably. have a bigger butt than mine. I have a little butt. Which is uh, unfortunate for me. It makes my seating my seating situation more uncomfortable over long term. I think. But anyways, <laughs> Steve. but it makes it easier to find chairs that work for you. Maybe. Is the guitar solo dead? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the thing we all want to know. Uh, guitar the guitar solo's not dead. It's just moved on to metal. Guitar world posted an article about this and it's really just a puff piece like did you read it i browsed it and it's just it's like five paragraphs that are just like a general overview of the history of guitar solos which is fine it's you fine to ask that you actually read more of it than I. Did. it's actually fine to drop that question and have it milk comments for your internet site because that's what we're doing here we're dropping a question we're having a discussion we're hoping that you click because you liked the clickbait and you're going to continue the discussion in the comments but anyway steve is the guitar solo dead in the 21st century um well, first of all, we're in the 21st century. That's what I said. Is the guitar solo dead in the 21st century? I thought you said in the 20th century. No, That's no, what I heard. Are no. you sure? Rewind the tape. Guys, rewind the tape. <laughs> but anyway, Steve, is the guitar solo dead in the 21st century? <laughs> Let us know uh, what Ryan actually said. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to... Um, I'd I say think... that the guitar solo is more alive than ever just no one wants to hear it. I think I think maybe the issue is it's like the guitar solo in terms of the I think it's maybe it's less of the guitar solo being dead and more of the verse chorus verse chorus mm. bridge instrumental chorus song structure being dead. Millennials killed strong song structure is what you're saying. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I you know I I just don't uh 
I'm trying to think, you know, I guess the, you know, the argument, there's different arguments to be made. I make went, one of them. I, I post, dare you. I posted on Twitter that Van Halen invented the guitar solo. <laughs> uh, I, cause when I saw this go up, I, I don't, I don't know why it was like, I just logged into Twitter and this article was there and I was like, well, yeah, like the guitar solo was dead and then Van Halen, uh, and then, you know, he got it going for a while and now it's dead again. And then someone else will be the new Van Halen. Um, and it was really late at night. And when I woke up in the morning, there were all these people who were like, what about ACDC? So you sincerely posted that you didn't do it as a yeah, joke. No, I was just like, not really think I was like, well, because I literally thought I was thinking of pop specifically of popular music. Okay. And so I thought, well, 19, what 1978, you got Van Halen and what do you, what's going on in like pop music in like 1976, 1977, 1978 is like disco. Right. Right. So that was just my thought process is like, well, your choices were Captain and Tennille or uh, the Bay City Rollers. And then Van Halen came and fixed everything. And I basically forgot that Led Zeppelin existed, ACDC. Like that's probably the way that like kiss like riff rock was, you know, riff rock existed, you know, that that's like a super simplification of it. And that's probably the way like the history books will write about it in like 400 years. It's like first there was disco and then Van Halen. And those were the only things that happened. Edward of Halen. (laughs) And his sir Edward of Van Halen. Edward of Halen and his brother Alex of Halen. Um. I, you know, there's, in my opinion, there's no reason to sit around wringing our hands like, oh no, guitar is dead. Oh no, solos are dead. Oh yeah. no. Make the music that you want to make. Like, it's such a gamble getting any music to be popular, anyways. Sincerely work on the music that you like. And if there's enough people doing that, they're going to make music that people like listening to. So if you like listening to guitar solos, work on your craft, work on guitar solos, work on making them have pop appeal. And I'm not saying make a pop song. I'm saying make them have popular appeal so that other people who don't just play guitar want to hear this musical bit of wanking that you've come up with. You know, I, I think, you know, um, like even, you, you oh, okay, ask any general like music listener, like, hey, do you want to listen to a minute and a half of someone playing uh, a guitar solo, or do you want to hear the meat and potatoes of the song? Do you want to hear the lyrics? Do you want to hear the beat? You want to hear the bass line? You want to hear the rhythm stuff going on? And they're gonna choose the meat and potatoes. They right. just are. Well, so you have to figure out how to make the solo that you want to play because it's fun. It's your moment to shine. You have to figure out how to make that the meat and potatoes of the song. Well, and some of the things that they point to in here is, I guess, uh, Metallica's St. Anger album had no guitar solos on it. I don't know. I never, I had not listened. I don't think I've listened to that album. Um, Jack White did a collaboration with Beyonce in 2016 that had no guitar solos on it. And they basically compared that to like, you you know, Van Halen was on Michael Jackson tracks playing guitar solos right well van halen was on michael jackson tracks writing guitar solos for jennifer batten to play i mean jack white plays guitar solos he definitely does 
No, he's just saying that he didn't do it when he was right. But I'm saying that uh, he's also a, the singer frontman of stuff that right. he does. It's not a total given that if Jack White shows up in something that you're going to get a pitch shifted guitar solo. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty likely, but it's not an automatic given. So the thing that's, that goes on here is it talks about is, uh, some of it is, and, and this is, I guess this is like, this is the clap back for, you know, the people who are like, Oh, you're, you're ignorant of music history is what they are saying in here is currently when you go on Instagram, hashtag guitar solo has 2.7 million posts on Instagram, 207 million views on TikTok. Uh, guitar solo produces 50 million hits on YouTube. Now, some of those are new or not, but what isn't, what is true and, and kind of leads into this is that guitar solos aren't like a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that they point out, which is this is the hard end for hitting data that I want, uh, is, you know, we think about the 80s as like, oh, oh, the 80s was like pure solos, pure like solos, constant shredding. Um, their claim, and this is a this this originally appeared in Total Guitar, which I think is a UK pub. Uh-huh. Um, in the 80s, their claim is that not a single end of year chart topper. So that's 10 songs. Right. Uh, had like a right, like a strong lead guitar. I think it's easy to get like disillusioned and be like, Oh man, this, this period of time had all these guitar solos and it certainly did, but that doesn't mean that it was taking over, you know, pop music. Like if people still wanted that meat and potatoes thing I was talking about, yeah. Here, you know? here's the best part in here. The electric guitar is a minority interest, but so is owning a hamster. This does not mean that hamsters are dying out. <laughs> there's a there's a few gems in here. This is actually a pretty well written article. Yeah, I yeah. think um, it talks about. The no, I was that, never dissing on the article. No, I, was I know. Just, just the I was idea. just saying, like, it's a prompt. It's the, a prompt, and, and, and we're gonna and, use it as a prompt. And one thing they do, someone they do drop on here. Uh huh. Very true. Not not a soloist in a, in a conventional sense that we're thinking of, but definitely her music is just guitar solos. Go listen. You want guitar, you want solo guitar work or majority guitar driven work. Go listen to covet. Oh yeah. hundred like, percent. No, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of like, you know, Yvette, big name Yvette, guitarists. Yvette Young is writing killer guitar riffs. Right. Like that is definitely lead guitar. It's just not maybe a traditional solo. I mean, I, I, you got the boomer mentality out there. This, Oh, I'm not hearing, you know, uh, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin style solos anymore. There's people playing different styles of music. Now there's people playing capital G guitar music right now that doesn't have much else going on in it other than a hard focus on guitar. It's just not the classic rock solo that you crave for whatever reason, (laughs) but there's plenty of that going on right now, but it's outside of pop music. There are niches all over the place. Niches. Mm. Oh my gosh. People are going to unsubscribe. If I say niche one more time, niches, 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 niches. So here's something someone brings up too. As I skim this in, this is actually also kind of interesting. Uh, their claim, this person is claiming, I don't, I don't know how long they've been writing that in the late nineties, 
uh, people who wrote for like alter alt rock magazines and metal magazines are like, Oh, metal's dead. There's no more guitar solos in metal because that was like corn and Limp Bizkit and, and new metal and, and rap rock. Right. All this stuff that was very like riff heavy and not, you know, your Metallica meatily, meatily, chugga, chugga. It was all chugga, no meatily. But the biggest hit of 1999 was Santana Smooth, which is like <laughs> nothing but solo. This is like a monster. So, so their whole thing is like, it's like not just a solo. It's just like the same riffing, like every 15 seconds, right. letting, letting um, Rob Thomas say a couple lines and then. So, so the, uh, oh no, that's Maria Maria wrong song. <laughs> same difference. Um, the, but so what's pointed out here too is, is. It's this can be genre specific. So is guitars solo or guitars? You know, people always say, "Oh, guitars dead in pop," but it's not in country. Here's just the had, thing: we just had the Grammys. Marin Morris performed at the Grammys with freaking John Mayer. Guitars all over the place. Guitars are in all kinds of genre. The thing that people are complaining about when they're like, "Oh." Guitars dead, dying, blah blah blah. They're upset because they don't think guitarists are in control anymore right. and they want to feel in control like, oh there's no more new eric clapton's there's no more john john mosses and stuff they want the the, the guitar frontman mentality yeah we should yeah. like every single other instrument in rock music and pop music and in modern western music for the past 50 years, 70 years have been taking a backseat to this egocentric guitarist right. mentality. When the bassist has been sitting back there, there's not a lot of like bass oriented music. That's just like, Oh, the bassist runs the show. This is all about waiting for that yeah. bass solo. It's like, you're supposed there's to like you're, ru rush. You're supposed like every instrument is supposed to be part of the band. Not, right. not the icing on top of the band that, you think is the most important that, part. That's, you know, we, we want all the instruments in the recipe for the cake. I would say that's actually a really interesting take on it because as far as frontman instruments, like the guitar is a, is, is a convenient frontman instrument. It is. If you're Elvis, you're just throwing on a guitar because it looks cool and like maybe you can or can't. I don't know. Like I don't think of like yeah, it goes with it goes well with dancing, goes well with prancing yeah. around the stage. It makes a cool sound when you bend a note really cool and stuff I mean, like I, that. I definitely they can be bright red and sparkly and have wiggle sticks on them. They're cool. It's definitely, like, cool. It's definitely fun to watch uh like uh country singers do like the national anthem or whatever. Uh, because you're, there's definitely these guys who like will go out there and they're very good singers, but you can tell like they don't know what to do with their hands. And you're like, that's why you're holding a freaking acoustic guitar. Right, right. It's not because like your guitar playing adds anything to these songs. It's because you don't know what to do with your hands when all you have to do is sing. Right, right. Because um, otherwise you're just doing opera stuff the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but, but you lame. know, the, the piano thing is interesting because, you know, I get like, I think back in like in the, I guess the fifties, you have your Jerry Lee Lewis's and your little Richards. And in the sixties, you have those guys. And then in the late sixties, seventies, you have Elton John. And in the eighties, you have your, your William Joel. In the nineties, you had this, William like Joel. in the nineties, you had this, uh, you had like Vanessa Carlton for a second, I guess. Like, well, piano is like the way, like, Western music is written around the piano, but it's like, it's there, but like, you don't have like, 
I feel like your piano frontman, like right, it's the, harder. Is the piano solo dead? I want to know if the piano the solo synth, is dead. The synth solo is alive and well. The synth solo is alive and very well, but I don't know who any of those synth players are. <laughs> my my whole point is just like there's so many micro genres now that if you want to listen to nothing but solos all day, you can right. find it. If you want to listen to music that doesn't have any guitar in it at all, you can find it. John like, Mayer put out a single like two years ago where he's wearing sweatpants for the entire thing I don't, and playing a freaking guitar solo in the song. Like they exist. If you are waiting for pop music to represent your specific taste, you're going to be waiting a long time, no matter what you like. Because it that's not the way it works. Like I'd love it if like you know some vocalist podcast a few years from now is like, oh no, our vocals dead. <laughs> oh no, people don't want to hear singing in, in songs anymore. I'd love that if there was a popular music shift towards instrumental tracks. I'm not even talking about solo and like gymnastics and music. I'm talking about like just fun pop instrumentals with melodies. Do you remember? So uh, we almost had that with dubstep. We've talked about like pentatonics before, right? You know who pentatonics is vaguely. They're a, they're a acapella, right? Right. They were very big for a hot second. And now they're big for about a week every winter for Chris, their Christmas music. But I'm just like imagining the world where, and I remember there used to be for like a cup for like a year or two, there were all of these like, acapella competitions mm -hmm. on TV. You had like the singing bee and you know, whatever, whatever these different acapella shows. You had the movie pitch perfect. You had glee. Well, glee sometimes had instrumentation. Glee usually had instrumentation pitch perfect, all acapella. Right, right. Right. Is music dead? Are we just singing now? <laughs> We're all worried about like, Oh no, his guitar solo's dead. The clarinet players are out there are like, oh man, is yeah. it ever gonna be alive again? No one cares about clarinet anymore. I I can't name a clarinet. Is Dizzy Gillespie, did he play clarinet? No. Benny <laughs> Benny Goodman? Is he clarinet? He might have been clarinet. I can't remember. One of those guys back then. I was I listened I, 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 I listened to jazz radio, if I, you believe it or not, while I'm driving around my car. And the other day I was listening to a, a, a song on jazz radio that had pure clarinet on it. Yeah. I, I, I was like, clarinet is a hot instrument and it, it deserves more respect. I used to know who like, which of the jazz band frontmen's were trumpeters and clarinets and, and mm -hmm. whatever. But that was when I was like in high school and listening to a lot of ska and ska adjacent music. Which... I'm going to say I'd rather listen to clarinet than saxophone. I said it. Mm, mm, I said it. Edgy choice. That's Don't a hit hot, me. Don't that's hit a me. Hot take, Ryan. <laughs> Very hot. So hot right now. <laughs> oh man, what do we do now? An ad? I think. I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to write a guitar solo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'll say that uh, most of the time at church, they mix me for guitar solos. Solo, no one can hear me. <laughs> Get it? Um, Get it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> All right. This first ad. What did we pick? Bro, the Nightmare on the Elm Tree. by Nightmare on Elm Tree. Sent to us by Michael Estep Jr., 
This is an SG style guitar. Is it going to load for me? This this fine piece of elm was harvested from the mountains of southern Saskatchewan. It's entwined with a cherry neck uh, and zebra wood fretboard. It's entwined. I don't think it's really entwined. It looks like it's just mounted. Um, though the majestic bastard is one of a kind, <laughs> many of his fallen brothers and sisters uh, await a similar fate in the stocking shelves of the Happy Teardrops Custom Guitar Workshop. Contact us today to get started. Oh, that's why it's listed as zero right. dollars, not because the Canadian dollar is worthless, but because this is just trying to get people uh, to look at this. So this person basically uh, built builds live wood SGs. Right. It's got a fun look. And I think the SG thing kind of works with it. Because I guess maybe it is kind of entwined because it's like a set neck, but it's a kind of a funky. It looks like it's being birthed out of a tree, you know, yeah. and then you have this fun, like pointy, smooth shape coming out of this really like knotted and gritty, barky. There's even a little bit of a twig sticking out there, a uh, piece of live edge wood. Yeah. It's a really fun concept. Would you church this? Oh, yeah, I'd church it. There's little angles here and there that make me go, oh, man, this is kind of like a home project or like a uh, or like a college woodworking mm. class project. Like, look at the way the edge of the flare is on the headstock. Like, it just feels like that right. that line is is kind of sloppy. Oh, it's missing the nut around the, t oh, the tuners too. I like the I like the truss rod. Here. Yeah, no, it's, it's not missing the nut. That's the that's just a different style. Oh, of, is it a different style of tuner? Yeah, no, I, it's I like, missing some hardware that needs to have a, a finishing nut on there. It, it looks better when it has a finishing nut, but it doesn't you, need it. If you if you ever pull like an old like harmony or whatever they don't have finishing nuts hmm. there's they, just, they just have the little colette like that there's just a couple little details that give that college yeah. or even high school wood shop thing like like look at the edge of the wood here by the pickup mm. you know it's, it's i think it's I not think, a professional clean luthier job you know but i think it's fun that neck joint is weird too on the back I, yeah this neck is throwing me off because there are elements of it that just make me think that this is just a pure aftermarket neck. But then I can't imagine buying a aftermarket no, neck I with think, a zebra fretboard. I think they made it. Um, I do. I just keep looking at this truss rod cover. I like the truss it's rod fun. cover. It's fun. It's a truss rod cover that it terminates with a maple leaf yeah. on it. Very Canadian. What's that all about, huh? Mm. But even you can tell like in the shine of the clear coat, like this thing wasn't polished to a professional. Right smooth shine which you know it's it's a live edge piece of wood um yeah it's a little thick but it's fun i would play this i wouldn't buy it but i'd play it if it was handed to me you know and i bet it's fairly comfortable too i mean finally an sg that's not neck heavy this thing is definitely butt heavy because <laughs> it's got a big old chunk of wood you hanging so? off the butt it's, end. but it's missing half the body well it's missing the the armrest area but it's longer in body than a normal SG. Look, yeah. they even make the control cavity a lot longer <laughs> than yeah. normal. Yeah, I know. It kind of just looks like a melted SG. 
Like you look, I like the shape of it. I don't know how, like, I don't know that I would want to own it, but this is, this is definitely in the, uh, it's going to get attention. This is in the, uh, did you say this already? The, this is an, oh yeah, you did. You said this is like college wood project. Right. Right. This is Del Mar fair guitar. Exactly. Uh, but it's cool. County I, I like fair. The idea, county fair. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of it, of the li- utilizing, uh, live edging like that yeah it would be fun to find a piece of live edge wood that already follows somewhat of a traditional guitar shape Mm. and just you know milk that happenstance be like wow it already had like the top edge of like a telecaster thing going on because it was in between two branches or whatever and then the bottom is just going to be a clean cut like that would be fun looking like being on the lookout for that perfect piece of wood (laughs) that already has you know like 20 percent of the guitar's shape built into it you know right well along that those lines i mean instead of shaping this into an sg uh you you could have taken this and done maybe more of like um it kind of looks like it wanted to be a foot (laughs) like a foot shape (laughs) i I was thinking it kind of looks like it wants to be like an explorer uh no because it doesn't have I mean, yes, maybe if you flipped it over. Yeah. You'd have to flip it. I, I kind of wish it didn't have EMGs either. Are they EMGs or are they just. It's some like, sort of black covered pickup. It just looks like EMGs. Yeah, it's probably not actually EMGs, but some. I, you know me. I always like contrast. Yeah. Like like an, a white open coil humbucker would look cool. Also, mm. I think this would have been a good, good, good guitar for a single pickup and like. You don't need the four knob layout on this. You don't even need right. a pickup selector. Just let the material be itself and put a single, like maybe just a single white P90 in it. I think that is something that that also looks kind of weird and very out of place on here is even if you do want to go with the four knob layout, the rhythm treble yeah. part of it. I mean, usually I feel like in this case, it's probably there because of some kind of issue with drilling the hole for that mm-hmm. um but uh you know if you could if this could have been pulled off without that i think it would have looked better. here's another detail that makes me that like see that this is not a pro build look at the action on that high e string go the other way there it is it is floating above that fretboard. Maybe it's just set up for slack. <laughs> it's it's a concept piece. This is a wall hanger for your country cabin, for your rock and roll country cabin. But I think there's things I would definitely do different here. I think you want to go simple as you can with something like this where you're trying to show off the material. So I think a wraparound bridge, lose the stop tail, just a simple wraparound, oh, yeah. single P90, like dog ear, surface mounted mm-hmm, dog ear mm-hmm. P ninety, uh, single knob, just, maybe just, maybe two knobs. That's all you need. You don't I need a switch. I like just volume knob only. I like that. Yeah, I I kind of see. I definitely see what you're saying. Like you're saying, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, I wouldn't even say if you're gonna do a fancy wood. This is like beyond fancy wood. This is if you're gonna do something where the wood is really the star of the, the show. Star of the show. Yeah. Uh, why cover it up with all this hardware? Yeah. It's crowding it is the problem. Yeah. It's really crowded by 
every extra piece that you put on here. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's a cool look. I think it's a cool concept, and I'm glad that whoever made it made it. Sponsorship? Yes. This episode is brought to you by Big Ear Pedals, makers of the Albi, among other things. We're big fans of the L reverb over here. A yeah. really fun kind of like modern, lightly modulated reverb. Then you've got all sorts of crazy modulated reverbs and delays and choruses and all sorts of over-the-top stuff with the Albi, which is a curated mm -hmm. multi-effect pedal. Don't know what that means? Go look it up. You dingus, go watch a video or two. Educate yourself. They've also got the ALF. The ALF. <laughs> Why can't I talk? The loaf? The loaf. The ALF. Oh, my God. I was combining Albi with loaf. The ALF. The alien life form pedal. We're three. This is our third episode recording tonight. Uh, I'm a little fried. Uh, they've got the loaf, which I think stands for low AF. Apparently, it loafing is a thing that bunny rabbits do, and it's the, super duper cute. Got the woodcutter, the woodcutter, which is an awesome version of a rap pedal. You want to check that out? They, they've got, got a bunch of cool pedals. Got a bunch of stuff. Go check them out. BigEarPedals.com. Thanks, Grant, and Karen, for continuing to support us. Yeah, putting up with this nonsense week in and week out. <laughs> you got anything new, man? Uh jeez, I don't have anything new. Looking around, looking around, new. looking around. Uh, I've got a box of Dolomo pedals that I need to cover eventually. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know at all. After this episode, the week after this episode, we're going to pick the winner of that Fender oh, guitar. Yeah. Fender uh, accidentally sent me a second Ampro 2. Yep. And we're giving it away. So yeah. go find the video for that to get all the details. So I'm excited to get that shipped out to you. You don't want to actually just say what the details are. It's like, go nah, find it. Go video. find it. Go find all it. Right. Do your own homework. Don't make me do it for you. You have anything new? Um, yeah, it's unrelated to the show, or is it? Oh, here we go. I watched Dread for the first time. Oh, really? I know you are, you enjoy that movie. I think that's a good Dread. Um, I don't remember the first. I vaguely remember the first one, and I remember it being kind of like I don't think cheesy. you can consider it to be a first one, second one situation. It's not a sequel. No, I know. I'm saying like the first time they, you, they did it. Yeah, um, you're talking about the Sylvester. You're talking about the, the first Sylvester one being the Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, uh, and what's his name from? Uh, um, and the thing that I think I really thought was different about Rob this, Schneider. Is Rob Schneider in that? Yeah, no. He's, no, Rob Schneider is in the Sylvester Stallone one. Are you sure you're not thinking of Demolition Man? Wasn't he in Demolition Man? I am talking about Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. Rob Schneider is in it. it <sighs> I thought he was just in Demolition Man. No, he's in it. Oh, my God. All right. Well, anyway. Um, and it's as terrible as it sounds. There were some moments in the Sylvester Stallone one, which was fun. But, the, yeah, okay. On to Dread. Uh, so the thing that I, I was thinking about, like, what is special about this movie uh, as I was watching it, um, which is a weird thing, I think, to think maybe about a nine-year-old movie. And I, was I mean, it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's violent. It's gritty. It's got good sci-fi elements going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to like there. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting about that movie is um, it's kind of a day in the life, mm -hmm. which I think yeah. is a thing that you that doesn't happen a lot in action movies. It feels very real time. When, when, you, when you have it, I mean, I guess like some of the really great action sci-fi kind of movies do that. 
where, um, like I think about a movie like predator, mm. uh, what was the purpose? Why? I, I don't even remember. Why was the predator on earth to hunt? Just to hunt, like just hanging out. Like, but we don't know. Like, was the predator just gonna kill all the people in this area and then leave? Like, is this a Steve, localized the event? Predator exists to hunt the galaxy's best hunters. He's out there to prove himself so he was just, against the galaxy's best warriors. He was so they there. visit they visit various planets and they go like, There's a warrior. I want to face off against that guy. So that predator was just there to bait Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that Dutch? Is that the character where his name is Dutch? I forget. I forget his character name. But, you know, he showed up because he's like, oh, look at all these mercenaries here in the jungle. These are Earth's top warriors right now. I'm going to skin them and harvest their weren't, spinal weren't, columns. Weren't, didn't they go there because of something else, though? I don't remember. Yeah, they, they were fighting a war. All right. Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter that I don't remember. I guess there's more of a plot than I thought. The, where I was going with Dread is the what I mean by the plot is hyperlocal is like the plot is incidental. Right. Like there's no art. Like, okay, I could one. There's one, no problem to solve one, for Dread. Right. The movie I would compare it to as like not doing this is like RoboCop. Right. RoboCop, there is a grand conspiracy that drives the whole thing. And uh, and it even to the extent that like RoboCop has this secret code written into him spoilers that no one is supposed to know about especially not robocop that he can't harm an ocp employee right right that's like a big thing that you learn in the course of this movie i mean uh, it's, it's your whole rules of robotics yeah sort of storyline uh but in dread like you do find out eventually in dread that the the bad guys have this plan to make a lot of money by spreading this drug all over the city but up until that point which is like two-thirds of the way through the movie this is just like a random thing. That's it's happened. almost an episode of Cops. It, it's ex exactly <laughs> no. That's exactly what I mean. It's like is is hey, we're gonna go check this out. We got a report. You know, is the whole point of this movie is that the this one person exists who is going thinks that he can help the city out by being the best version of himself he can be, and it, that's all he has going for him. That's dread. That's all he has going for That's him. One way to look at dread. Dread can just be all he, he knows that all he can do is be the best dread that he can be. And maybe <laughs> it's one inspiring really. one day at a time he can, but he's not sitting there going like, give me the biggest, baddest gangster. That's who I want. He's just doing his job. Right. He's, he's like, just being the best version gotta of Got to get in there, do the gritty thing. Yeah. Do do the job. He's he's a very much like let's do the job guy. Yeah. And I'm sure people are gonna jump in the comments and be like, what about this movie? And what about this movie? And whatever. I this is a movie I watch. Well, there's a whole case to make a big social commentary behind the original source material of Dread the comic book and stuff like that, and how it's a reflection on uh, you know, you know, police oh, br po police brutality and fascism yeah, and yeah. and government overreach and stuff like that. But it makes a pretty fun action movie too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I there mean, is you that. know, Dread. I think is it definitely has a. Well, I read a little bit of the backstory, and it, you know, it's definitely entrenched in that Starship Troopers universe of like you're right. you're rooting for the troopers, but also they're Nazis. Right, right. No, like, like the character of Judge Dredd, 
as far as the comics go, is not supposed to be an ideal situation. Right. This is supposed to right. be like, wow, this is kind of scary. Imagine if cops were actually like this judge, jury, and executioner on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, clearly he lives in a reality where the world's pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he but lives, it is. He lives in Mega City One. There's, right. There's, it, it is still like a social commentary aimed at, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> by so way that's... of hyper violence and really crazy cartoon illustration. Yeah. So there's there. There's I, that. The slow mo effects were really cool. Oh man, like, like I said, beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah. Really fun to watch. Really great watch and and wonderful acting in it across the board. Oh, have you been watching? Uh, this is just going to turn into a pop culture. That's episode. fine. Uh, have you been watching Falcon? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of bored by it. I think I'm an episode behind now. I'm two I'm in. Sure, I'm two episodes in. Um, my, my oh, are there only two episodes? I think so. Because I've come out every two, Friday. I've seen two episodes. I thought there was a third one yeah. that I missed. But maybe and now not. you know how far in the future we recorded this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, it's not as good. it's it's. It, I feel like it's for movie fans there's three shows i've been hot on lately and uh it's all very sci-fi like mm-hmm. um invincible is on amazon is, really? it, is that the cartoon it's a cartoon but it's very fun very adult um it the animation style reminds me of one punch man but uh, yeah yeah well there's <laughs> but i don't know if it's in the, if in you the like same. one punch man you're probably gonna enjoy it okay um uh resident alien very funny a lot Which of fun. that's on is that an HBO show? Is that uh, one you have to no, that's sci-fi. Also, don't have I have it. been I have been pirating it? Okay. <laughs> and uh, oh, um, um, shoot, uh, Solar Opposites on Hulu, which is a Rick and Morty joint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen the trailer for that. So I, a lot of adult cartoony sci-fi stuff yeah. is what I've been into. Because even lately. Resident Aliens kind of goofy. It's very funny. Yeah, it has some really great moments in it, but it's also a very you know sci-fi channel sort of concept. Like an alien is a doctor living in a human town, and no one can know, right? Sort I, of thing. I've been working through Enterprise for the first time. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Um, I actually don't think it's awful. Um, I tried to watch a few episodes a week or two back, and I was like, oh gosh, this uh, show is so dismal. There are aspects of it. Um. I keep posting. I keep sending the same message, and no one, no one will bite. Malcolm Reed sucks. Which one is Malcolm Reed? The armory officer. Yeah, he sucks. He's just like such a downer. Like literally, there's one episode where like he's being a dick, but you're like, oh, I guess they're all infected with this thing, so that's why they're all being dicks. But I, now it's like two episodes later, and he's being a dick again, and you're like, what's your problem, man? Like I don't like that. There's the whole like season or two that is all around the zindi i'm not that far yet i hate it you ruined it i hate those i hate those damn zindi aliens like yeah i'm I'm not there yet maybe i'll hate that part but so far they're just flying around doing things you do when you fly around they're still we're still like i I guess i I think that the first the first season is probably more fun than what i've jumped into yeah i'm like halfway i'm like a quarter of the way through the second season so we just wrapped up the the Sulaban arc right uh which was tolerable at times um what's but, next for this guitar podcast right now what are we going to talk about next uh next up we got an ad sent to us by Mark De Bruyne um 
This is an Eggmond guitar. He actually sent a bunch of guitars, and this is the one I picked out of them. I played an Eggmond. Oh, at uh, at Winternam. Made in Holland. Yep. This is the one. Well, this is the brand where the pick guard and the pickups are the same thing. They're fused together, what? and it's made out of like plastic that feels like a milk carton. Like it's super lightweight plastic, what? and I'm honestly surprised to see these things when they've survived. Where did, where did you play? How did you play this at NAMM? At the Reaver booth at NAMM. They had this whole oh, like funky guitars yeah, yeah, of the yeah. 60s display. It wasn't this exact guitar, but it was this brand. Um, the tuners on this. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I... Is that intentional or was... No. I think this, a new that... set was swapped in and they couldn't find a set that was that was compatible with this guitar. And so they fudged in. I'm look, I'm looking at this. This was originally a six in line, like a six in line ping set. And they didn't have the right tuners. No, this is like a three by three set that they put on a six in line headstock. Right. That's what I'm saying. The original tuners on this would have been like uh, a six in line, like you would have on any Tysco. Right. Right. uh, Like that style where it's just one strip. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and they cut it up or something like that. So this was like a three by three that looks like it was maybe cut up. But like three of the tuners are pointing north. Three of the tuners are pointing south. Yeah. And yeah. It actually, it's actually kind of fun. It's actually kind of fun in a weird way. It would be super infuriating when you're trying to tune. It's like, oh, now I've got to change my hand angle for the yeah. back. Three so this strings. is an Eggman Scout. Um, th- they're asking, I don't know if it, this is, I guess this is a bidding site, like some kind of right, right. eBay type of a thing. Um, and there, this is currently at 50 euros, which is about $75. I want to say maybe a hundred dollars. I'm going to say based on the playability of the one that I tried at Nam. um, all that money is in the vintage cool. It has nothing to do mm. with the playability because they are a challenge. This did you is. Get, did you plug that one in? I did. Um, they are a challenge. They're very unique feeling. It's one of those situations where like you can tell that rock and roll was blowing up and mm. there wasn't a way to get these exciting electrified rock and roll machines into various countries. And so people who were just seeing Pictures and catalogs were trying to make electric guitars. Right, right. And so it feels like it's pretty improvised, you know, the way it's built. But like 1968 Holland, they should have been able to. Anyway. I mean, I there guess was, that's kind of like the weird, like Wandre. Well, right. Wandre did, did made really good guitars, kind of in that vein. But it's also one of those things that's like, I remember it being so close. Like, oh, these pickups sound interesting. Right. I can play this guitar when I really focus about it. It's not like Holland had to reinvent the concept of a guitar. They just didn't know how to, this company didn't know how to interpret the qualities of, of an electric guitar. So yeah. They could still make a fretted, a, of- a fretted instrument. Like just so much around that base concept of a fretted instrument is wonky. Yeah. This is all, this is like a slab piece of, pot metal for the for the tail piece oh yeah and uh you know a wooden uh, arch top you know style bridge and i gotta say i kind of like the shape of it like it's not ugly i like the shape of the pit guard too so Dude. what i'm hearing is eastwood should read this. 
<laughs> this is a case where Eastwood would definitely come out with a guitar that plays much better than the original. <laughs> but this style, this look, I think uh, Eastwood usually comes out with guitars that are that's probably are true. Much better playing than the original. <laughs> you threw that out there like, well, maybe. Well, they I don't think there's more. there's certain things. Just like when they came out with a copy of like the Ovation Breadwinner, it's like I I'm betting the Breadwinner plays. Like a breadwinner, and the oh yeah, the Eastwood copy plays like, a, you know, a standard guitar that happens to be that shape, you know, sure, because the hardware and the build style is so different. But I'm saying like all of your airlines oh, sure, and whatever sure. probably play much better than your average surviving airline. There's big, there's people who are big airline fans out there, and they're not. Airlines were not on this level of totally funky import sorts of things. No, um, but th- there's certainly plenty of brands that Eastwood cover that they have improved upon yeah. the playability of the originals. But I think there's a couple where it's like I don't think this is probably going to hold up to the original. Like there's that they do like a copy of the Most Right. Um, Black guitar, mm-hmm. that double cut black guitar. Steve is texting. He's calling an Uber to get him out no, of here. No, <laughs> no. My wife was asking me about vaccines. Ah, but I just need to make sure it wasn't an emergency. <laughs> and so. you replied, "No, honey, I don't believe in them." Yeah, <laughs> I told you I'm a scientist. I know how these things work oh behind my the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just metal zone. Did- <laughs> I already have a metal zone. I don't need a vaccine. I don't have a metal zone. I'll lend one to you. My DS1's, That's why I haven't caught my DS one over yet. here. Because you already have a metal zone. Yeah. DS one prevents smallpox. Oh my god. That's why we don't need metal zones anymore. It's already been cured. Um, I mean DS ones anymore. So yeah, I, for the money, like they, they said, seventy five bucks or whatever. Well, it's 50 euros. I think that's in the 75 to $100 range. It'll probably go, if it's an auction site, it'll probably go for more than that. But I honestly think these are more, these are curiosities. These mm. are history pieces for the Europeans that uh, had them around as, as young people in the 60s and whatnot. Um, it's certainly not a guitar that's worth chasing for its playability is what I'm going to say. But man, it looks cool. I really dig the angles here. It's got kind of a, a gentler, a more delicate sort of Jaguar shape going on with those horns that I appreciate. I was trying to see if I could find this listing, but Wi-Fi died. So Yeah, I'm having trouble with internet today. I wonder what's going on. Um, what's next? The next let's topic? do another ad for, uh, let's do another sponsor spot for Chase Bliss Chase Audio. Bliss they make audio. pedals more creative than you are with a digital brain and an analog heart. They make such fine products as grab one over there, Steve. Ah, uh, let's see. What do I got? Oh, that's we, I, you know, we, we've been talking about bliss factories cause that was the mo- most recent hot thing, but let's talk about some things that actually exist like the thermay. <laughs> That aren't figments of our imagination. The Dark, dark World, world. And, and the Blooper. And the blooper. Uh, I want to talk about the Dark World for a let's second. Talk about the Dark World. I have a setting that I leave on here all the time, which is super fun. I it's a shimmer reverb mm-hmm. that I have dialed in that kind of is stacked with like a rich plate reverb, and I have it set up so that the shimmer oscillates. They call it bounce in Chase Bliss World. It bounces and oscillates between a low octave and a high octave. And it does it slowly. I'm not going really fast. It's like low octave. Right. Blending in. 
to high octave and then back. And it's just subtle enough, but extreme enough that it feels like the the parts that I'm playing are pulsing through different layers and voicings of shim reverb. Shim reverb can often start to get taxing on you and just mm-hmm. be like, wow, it's just the same octave. That's just like, but finding that setting on here, like it feels so much more natural. It feels more magical. Uh, it's, it's a really powerful sound. And I think it's become my go-to for this. Like it's, it's a two-sided reverb kind of traditional sounds on the right side, more experimental sounds on the left. And I just mix them together. Like I use that sound together. You know, we always say uh, that they make pedals more creative than you are, but it sounds like this pedal was just as creative as you needed it to be. (laughs) Well, I think I was able to express some creativity that found a very small amount of the possibilities Mm. that any Mm. chase this pedal can offer. And man, you know, I have my story about what I like to do with this. But every other person out there probably has their own specific thing that they've put together. It's like, wow, this is my sound in this pedal. I think you can find that across the whole Chase Bliss line because they make pedals more creative than you are. <laughs> There's just so packed yeah, full so, uh, of options and settings and things that can happen. It's 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 totally bonkers. They are your own pedal. Like Chase Bliss makes them, but you discover the sound that you need in them, and you can't get that sound from other pedals. It's just the truth of it. Go buy one. ChaseBlissAudio.com. <laughs> I think that's the best pitch I've ever made for Chase Bliss. And I actually feel like really excited right now talking about it. That's why you should stop talking and let it stand. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. This topic was sent by Emily Harris, probably. Well, it's, I, I'm going to call it a prompt. It doesn't have to be the full topic. Uh, she said the comments on the Reaver video about the women pedal builders. So they did a little teaser about the um, the reverb pedal movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like an extra content sort of thing that highlights uh, female builders in the industry. Yes. And I thought it was really fun. Emily wants us to talk about all the hater comments. Uh, we By the time I jumped on the video, it had been scrubbed. <laughs> I, th- I think there was definitely some scrubbing happening. And that doesn't surprise me because... Uh, Right now, um, there are 396 thumbs up and 104 thumbs down. So that's like 20% thumbs. That's actually almost. That's a really that's a little bit more than 20% thumbs down. Uh, to, for the for their crappy content that I make, I usually am in the high 90% yeah, of thumbs up. I think up. the lowest ratio or the lowest. Uh, rate that I've seen on one of our videos is probably like 85, like an 85, 15 split. Check on, check on the no such thing as left-handed guitars video. That's one. That's one that's very controversial. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where was I going with this? Uh, I believe people were making awful crappy comments about female builders or complaining that okay yeah this one's about almost this one's like 60 40 okay 55 45 that one's pretty brutal it's pretty brutal uh it's little backstage guys as far as youtube videos go it's actually better to have a controversial video even your part two is like 30 percent yeah thumbs down uh it's you know it doesn't it dislikes count to the to the reverb algorithm to the YouTube algorithm I'm all mixed up now dislikes count the same as likes count 
on mm-hmm, videos mm-hmm. for YouTube thinking that it's interesting. It's just a single count. They're like, there have been this many interactions. Uh, so when you get a controversial video and there's people trying to battle each other over the likes, it's actually a lot better. And I wish I had more of that going on. But in the case of this reverb video, I did see some of the comments and there were some people in there who, um, who refused to, who are leaving comments basically saying the fact that you made a video with, uh, women who are pedal builders, uh, professionally or that own companies, um, who own pedal companies or are the primary operators of these pedal companies disproves your thesis. <laughs> like, Imagine coming up with that idea and that's your idea. Like, like literally they're sit- sitting here going like, well, you say, why are there so few women where, you know, this video is called, where are all the women in the pedal industry? And you've got all these women. So clearly they're there. And it's already discounting the fact that all of these women, some, uh, you know, they were there. They have some women in this video who are builders or again, owners, um, Julie's in it from earthquaker. Um, uh, that comes to mind because we know her and we like, we've, we've worked with her before. Um, and suddenly I'm blanking on all of the other ones, which is horrible. Uh, Fran from Frantone is Mm -hmm. on in there. Um, uh, this is where we find out I how know. few women builders Steve actually knows. Uh, I forget her name from Lope, but Low Pedals is in there. Uh, one of the one of the partners in Alchemy Audio is a woman is in there. I was a little sad that uh, I forget her name, which makes me seem awful. Uh, uh, the woman from Rabbit Hole Effects, Sophia. She, Sophia. Thank goodness you could remember that she didn't make an appearance in there. She uh, she visited uh, me here in the garage. Before winter Nam, like two years ago, something like that. She makes wonderful pedals. And that doesn't, oh, and so that's a different comment too. Some people were like, well, you released this as an extra. So that means this is everything you cut out of the movie. (laughs) So there's nothing left. It's like, you've never watched like the deleted scenes. Like if you see a deleted scene in a movie and Matt Damon is in that deleted scene, that doesn't mean that Matt Damon's not in the rest of the movie. It just means there are deleted scenes that contain Matt Damon. And like, uh, uh, and also they're trying to get you excited to watch this thing. Think of it as a trailer. Even if none of that content is in there, they're saying there's going to be content like this in here. Yeah. And the reality is that, this is like you said, like this is a hot topic. This is a video that came out yesterday and has 5,500 views. It's not as big as their April fool's video today, which means that people would rather watch a joke joke. than something (laughs) serious, which is kind of a sad state of things, but I guess I kind of get it. Um, I can't get these comments to load. Uh, but yeah, going back to the idea, I, I literally, one of the comments in there that like just blew my mind, how, I don't, maybe it's naivete, but somebody wrote That's a, a fancy way to say I that. Know, maybe ignorance. Yeah. I, I don't know. Somebody said, naivete. Uh, I don't remember again. I don't, I, I, I actually listened to this video while I was on a run. Um, so I, I did it like in podcast form, which is also why I don't remember a lot of the names. Um, but there was a, uh, comment in there where they said, where, well, in the video, one of the women says, Every woman has had has had the shared guitar center experience, the shared bad guitar center experience. And she puts it out there like, you know what I mean. Right. And somebody in the comments was like, 
What, you don't think men have bad experiences with Guitar Center? <laughs> guitar, guitar Center sucks. <laughs> yeah, we have all had bad experiences at Guitar Center, but she's talking about a more specific yeah, experience like, than that. So when when a woman... <laughs> That's when a, legit stupid. When a woman says, like, we've all had that guitar... And, and the thing is, is is it's it's a funny comment to me because... I feel like this story I is, want to cry that's so stupid is is obvious now right <laughs> but you know it's it's this um the classic story uh, that I've heard again uh from um either I've heard it from the same woman multiple times or I've heard it from multiple women is uh going to guitar center with their non-musician husband to look for a guitar and the husband's just there to like hang out because right, he's got right. nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon. And the salesperson is and the, talking to the husband. And the salesperson the just wants to talk to the husband about the guitars. And the husband's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like she's, and, and she's the one who's playing. Yeah. Like, you know, there's also the, the experience where it's like you get ignored and you're like trying to do the help me sort of look at the salespeople but they're probably just looking at you like, oh, that's just someone's girlfriend. Yeah, or you're like, oh, can you tell me about what uh, what's a, what's a cool Fender guitar right now? And they're like, well, I don't know. What kind of music is your boyfriend into? It's like, no, idiot. I'm buying this guitar for me. But Steve and I, I don't know if you know this. Steve and I are not women. Yeah, we're we don't, men. We don't have this experience. We didn't. We haven't had those experiences. Our selves it's it doesn't happen to I, us i have been i've had bad experiences at guitar center i'm sure you have too yeah but we've listened to enough women who have to know that it happens because guess what we talk to women i've i've never gone to guitar center with my wife and had the salesperson not talk to me and only want to talk to my wife mm-hmm uh, about electric guitars That's, or whatever. That reminds me of the funny thing that a uh, friend of the show, Aaron Abubo from the Gearsome podcast, go give him a listen. Uh, he likes to do whenever there's someone on Facebook that has a dual account. It's like a husband wife account. Right. He always talks to them, assuming it's the wife on the gear groups. And he intentionally does that. And it's always fun. Cause he always just calls them like, Oh, hey, Sharon. <laughs> but, yeah. it's, but it's like the the Facebook account is like Sharon and Danny or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were other things in there that like people just, they, any industry is hard. I think when you're new in the industry, regardless of your, uh, regardless of your gender. Oh, yeah. Um, I think when you are the new person, I, I think, you know, we talk about this and we've, we've done this and this isn't to like, and also like, this isn't to I like pull our own chain. Yo, go ahead. I want to say really quick. Uh, it did the, the reverb video didn't feel like a hit piece. No, it was like, here's women in the industry. And they were like, you know, it's not always great to be a woman musician, especially guitarist. And then the rest of it was like, oh, here's these people. You know, yeah, it's actually funny. It's the opening in that is, and it's such a different. It's almost like the the way you know, you pro project what you want to be in in your dreams. The opening part is something to the effect of um, of they're they're interviewing Jamie Stillman and Julie Robbins from Earthquaker <laughs> at the beginning, and I forget what the, specifically what the question is, but Julie's answer is is Beyonce. Like I want to, I don't know if it's, I want to be Beyonce or I want to like sell pedals to Beyonce or whatever, right. but the answer is Beyonce. And Jamie's like, 
man, that's way better than mine. My answer was Josh Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and it was something, it just had something to do with like, who are the people like in the industry that you want to yeah. be kind of a thing. Uh, I think it was something like that. Again, I don't remember specifically, but um, you know, it, it it's, I think those perspectives are important. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's not a hit piece. It's just saying like, Hey, this is a tough industry and it's tougher if you're a woman for these reasons. And literally what I was, what I was saying is like the first NAM we went to, I think if we would have, um, just, I think going to something like NAM, uh, especially as like a, when you have nothing to sell, right. When you're just there, I mean, I guess we kind or of even had, buy. Yeah, when you're, I guess we were kind of like marketing people and whatever. But like, it's your the first, first couple of years of Nam, we were the epitome of worthless influencers. Yeah, and we and, were doing nothing for and, anyone. But and but um, and we were sure. I always say like we were Sherpa. Like oh, totally. We, we had we had we knew someone on the who knew people, uh, who was uh, Daniel, um, and um, and. Uh, and that helped us along. And if you if we didn't have that, I think we would have just gone there and and wandered and gotten way less out of it. No, sincerely, like if we if we didn't have people like Daniel and other people that kind of like pulled us in, uh, we probably would have just flubbed out of this eventually. I think being yeah. pulled into the scene and pulled into the community uh, was immensely helpful to us. Um, now imagine you're starting to do something like this. And when you walk into a place like Nam, because of your gender, people assume you're there with your boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I was going with this is we had someone helping us, um, but I can't imagine going there and not having help. And then I can't imagine even that second layer of going there, not having someone sh already showing you around and also being a person that like where you have to where you have to feel like you need to be extra assertive. It's it's one of those things like. You had women have to work harder for this stuff because they have to prove everything in every interaction. Yeah, and someone's going to say like, you know, "Well, men have to work hard too." And, and oh, I mean, they absolutely that's true. do. Men, like, men, the the, you know, the vast majority of men in the world are busting their asses to make yeah. it, and no one's not saying that. Uh, uh, but there's an extra layer. There's an extra complication there that I think a lot of people don't think about enough. You yeah, know? I, I think it's. I think there is. Um, and this, I'm going to use some phrasing here that maybe is probably not the best, but I think if depending on your mentality, it's always harder walking into a situation when you, when the general group that you're walking into is likely to see you as a novelty. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that it, if you're a white guy, maybe that's trying to go play a pickup basketball game. <laughs> like, and if you're a woman, it's, going to guitar center, you know, it, it, and I don't say that to trivialize. It's like, it, imagine a situation where you, you want to enjoy something, but you recognize that it's outside of a stereotypical element yeah. for you. I also want to say on a, on a more positive note, not to sound maybe like, you're Eminem and you only have what one chance not to be a fully one shot, fully preachy, you know, in the social justice direction that is making some people very uncomfortable right now. They've probably already tuned out. Okay, it's just the rest of us now, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the the industry is it has a lot of women. Like the 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 reverb piece focused on builders, which is yeah. which is great, which is the focus of that. But there's all sorts of people that Steve and I work with on a regular basis that are women in this industry doing the real 
money job behind yeah. behind yeah. the scenes, like ma actually making this stuff work. Uh, people that are near and dear to our hearts at this point, and we only work with them through emails and stuff yeah, like that. I, and I, I can, you know, on, along those lines, I would say, you know, both of them have moved on from uh, the not both of them, two of them. There's two, a lot well, more. Uh, than the, I'm both. saying the two people that I, that I was going to name, right, right, uh, the per person who was our primary contact at Sweetwater. And a person who was our primary contact at Band Lab, which is Mono Harmony, whatever, mm -hmm. were both women. If we would have gone to NAMM and, and gone to the Harmony booth and been like, that's nice. Is there a man that I can speak to? <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't want to talk to the booth girl. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, was so awful. That would have been, that, that, that would have been a, a, a big mistake. Huge. Big mistake. Big, you work on commissions, right? Oh, actually, actually we do. Oh gosh, oh. you think that happens? I bet it does. I bet there's I bet there's people in our industry that have gotten screwed out of working with companies because I, they walk up and I, they don't realize the owner is not I, a booth I girl. I guarantee you it does. And the reason I, I I'll sell that makes my heart I palpitate. I guarantee you this does. And the reason <laughs> I'll say this just being just being like a hundred percent transparent, uh, it took me like a nam and a half to to uh understand what the dynamic was at earthquaker and this was when oh, earthquaker sure. was a lot smaller and i'd seen jamie in forums and stuff well, and so you know i think of i my approach is well jamie is the he's the design guy he's the he's the guy who's thinking up pedal designs mm -hmm. um and and it took me you know a couple times around to realize like he's he's the chaotic energy and julie is the one who's really you know pulling the strings right right she's the one who's in control no, she is the business yeah and, and and that's the reality of it and so you know the first no the first pedals that i got we got from julie we got from julie by way of daniel like yeah like he because he knew no he he was like i'm gonna go see if i i can get some products thrown your way and then he comes back and he's like hey i talked to julie and in that moment the way he's talking about her i was like oh She's the one to talk to at this company, right? Like she is, she is a person of importance. I didn't even have a beat on like who runs what companies at that point. Right. This is our first year in NAM. I had no idea, and like immediately got the impression, oh, she's in charge of stuff. Like that is the person, Julie. That was my that was my first person introduction to Earthquaker. <laughs> right, right. And 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 I think more and more you see that in different ways, and you see that in ways that are like. You might not even realize, yeah. you know, um, a company like Fuzzrocious, like, uh, okay. though, though I think the last, at least the last Nam, uh, I didn't see uh, Shannon there. Yeah, I, I understand. She's mostly gone back to to work uh, outside of Fuzzrocious, but at the, but she at, she for, she was at a few Nams. Yeah, and it's like just because there's a woman in the booth, you don't know what her role is in the company, right? Just, be normal, like <laughs> treat everybody, it, right? It, treat everybody with the, and I'm we're being kind of NAM specific because that's where everyone kind of I say gets treat, together. treat everyone like you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> like you don't, don't make assumptions about you don't anyone. Know what this person's role is it, you know, if a company happens, their A&R rep is a woman and you piss them off. Guess what? You're fucked with that company now. Sorry. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we were coming back to. We went on some big circles here, Steve. <laughs> That's okay. You know, we're um, having fun. We're talking. That's what we do. We're and, friends and that we're talking about guitar stuff. <laughs> we're talking about this video. Um, and just again, the idea of like 
people wanted wanted to go out of their way and say, oh, this video is political and this video is whatever. I'm like, this is just people sharing their stories. Like, if you think it's one thing, I think to say, well, this is something where a person is repeating somebody else's experience. Don't take my word for that. For that, women have it bad in this industry or that women have had struggles in this industry, but because I'm, I'm a dude, I haven't had those experiences, but when you watch the video and it, literally every woman who they've interviewed is like, yeah, these are issues I've run into either as a musician or as a, uh, builder, or these are things that I have felt that made me uncomfortable. Like they're just taking at face value that this person isn't actively trying to manipulate you. Right. Like just, Listen to people. Assume, yeah. assume you don't know anything about every new person that you encounter. And you don't know anything about them. And then listen to them to find things out. Like, yeah. yes. Hello. Welcome to being a human being. Yeah. That's how you and, that's how you need to interact with people. And I think that's the struggle I with a lot of times with YouTube is is we watch videos and we always assume that there's some agenda and, and does Reverb have an agenda from releasing this video? Absolutely. 100%. That, they that are selling is, it on iTunes. They want yeah, you to buy the movie that, to watch that it. That agenda is, hey, we're making a documentary. Here's a sne sneak peek for you to watch because we want you to be hyped about it. It's not any different than if we talked about, <laughs> we talked about freaking uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know why that movie exists? Because Disney wants you to get hyped about Phase 4. Disney wants or that your, TV show. They only make all that stuff you love just be just because they want to make money. Yeah, uh, they only yeah. they they if you know what if they didn't do it for the money, they wouldn't have made any of the Star Warses. <laughs> I'm talking about the original Star Warses. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it, Star Warses? Hey, here's here's five dollars. Go get yourself a Star Wars. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, treasure. oh yeah hey it's way to keep the show we're doing on track. two long episodes tonight um yeah housekeeping if you want to support the show on these barely coherent ramblings head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast where for as little as one dollar a month or eleven dollars a year you can support uh, this program the money that comes in a little bit of it goes into our pockets to we compensate ourselves below minimum wage for yes. the time it takes to record the um, podcast and <laughs> and the rest of it goes into uh this all this stuff you see back here a board series um just a lot of a lot of content that oh, uh, show. so many production tools lights cameras action all that stuff yeah, if we travel have, costs food costs you yep. know things like that if the uh, uh, run of 50 50s ever happens again i it's all waiting on me i have to make the art <laughs> um oh, okay well i well the thing is is i at least in the past and i would assume it's not changing uh we have fronted yes so a lot of those costs from inner circle and then we have to we coop it back by selling the inner circle but through the uh, patreon funding yeah. so if you want a 50 50 someday <laughs> no I'm just, um we yeah. have money in our budget we're not begging. We're just telling you what it goes toward. It goes yeah. towards building this channel. That's just the reality of it. So thank you to the patrons. Thank you. We're not, we're not asking anyone else. The ones we have are enough. Okay. We love you. We don't need more of you. We do. And we want the rest of you to be jealous and want to join. <laughs> all right. This ad was sent to us. Oh, actually was not sent to us at all. 
Did you, I, did you find it? I screen grabbed this off of Instagram. It's from Depinto Guitars, which obviously I'm a fan of. I love Depinto Guitars. I love following their Instagram. They're they're not just a guitar builder. They're a guitar shop. Mm-hmm. So they get mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff in. They post pictures of things that they're working on. This is some version of a Stratocaster mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. been modified. And I just... <laughs> I get a kick out of it. Uh, it. There's a little bit of, you know, American folk icon sort of text going on here. This machine kills you. you. <laughs> so already we're a little aggressive here. Then my favorite part of it. I hate my dad. Upside down explanation mark, regular upside, regular explanation mark, and then some sort of symbol. It looks like a snake around a sword. Oh, and is that a sword? I in an I, infinity, it looks like a lamppost, like in an, an infinity shape, and then a cross and an SP that are upside down. Is that down. for smashing pumpkins? Oh, it might be. Uh, and then to, uh, to top it off, neon pink Marzio hot rails. In a sunburst strat with like a parchment pit card. It actually, I actually kind of really like the the pink pickups in this guitar. Mm. I think it's actually really fun. Is that weird? I actually kind of like this whole thing. I kind of like this guitar a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really understand any of this art. I don't hate my dad, but I'm really digging the artistic expression of this person who hates their dad. Uh, the caption that DePinto posted was Woody Guthrie's teenage kids guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this is my dad. I hate that's your dad. We hate our dads. Of all of our dads. <laughs> That's um, Woody Guthrie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm I'm pretty certain yeah. it is. <laughs> um This wait, dad was bad for you and me. Was Woody Guthrie's teenage kid Arlo Guthrie? I don't know. I barely remember his name right now. Uh is it was this a like a quarter? Yeah, there's like a quarter put into it and some sort of heavy relicking going on. Uh, I mean, this guitar obviously is subject to some serious aggression at home. So here's the thing, right? Okay. Can you imagine being a teenager and having this much angst in you? Remember that? Having this much angst? No. Yeah, Steve was probably pretty chill. Um, I had angst. I didn't have, I hate my dad written in pink on a guitar angst, but I I think that's the, I think that's like the, the, Part of it that's so hard is the fact that this is it's in pink, but it's also like that's not the way like a teenager writes either. That's not the way a teenager talks or thinks. Typically, they'd come up with something more passive aggressive. This is this is zoomers are weird. If my if my six year old, almost seven year old, like got angry and wrote me an angry note. And it was like super extreme. This would be it. That would be the language. I hate my dad. I feel like, I feel like, so here's the thing is like this machine kills you. Like how you have to, do teenagers understand like that this machine kills fascists? I think oldest, this art is from a tween. Okay. It could be tween. Or like, are we looking at tween folk art here or teen folk art? Write in guys. Let us know. P.O. box. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is going to sound like shade, and I don't attend, intend this as shade. Lay that shade on me. <sighs> I'm not trying to burn a bridge. Oh, I great. Just, I'm just making a statement. Here we go. I feel like this guitar's got a lot of tuba energy. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think she would agree. Oh, shoot. I need to tab tuba on this. Like, well, that would be weird because then she'd be like, "Is he trying to say I hate my dad?" No, I don't, Tuba. I don't think you hate your dad. I don't. I don't think like there's. Just, I think no, no. You change the words. You change the words and a hundred percent Tuba energy. That's what I'm saying. I think just this this general aesthetic. Tuba is a YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if our audience is fully compatible. I'm sure there's a good. Their, our audiences are not compatible. I'm in their Discord. No, <laughs> I think we have a, like a slight bleed over. Like we have a lot of bleed over with like you know, say like a nor like a normal guitar channel. We have very slight bleed over with tuba. Uh, very specific uh, young person humor that is delightful. We do not. <sighs> but honestly. Uh, a billion times more music theory than you're going to get from my entire body oh, of yeah, work yeah. in single videos. Yeah. It's um, like this really fun. She's got this really fun, wild personality and a big old brain. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I'm a sincere fan. I really am. I was watching her. No, I, I was watching her power chords video the other night. I was like, Damn, this is good content. <laughs> this is really good. No, and that's that's what I mean. It's like it's not a slag on. It's just, there's just something that's like this is big zoomer energy to me, and it's like I don't even now they say that this is a trash pickup. Like in the captions, Depinto says like I uh, that they pulled this out of a dumpster, so they think like the dad found it and threw the guitar away. Um, but this just feels like this has a different kind of mojo. This just gives me. Some, there's something about it that's just like ironic, like is like intentionally ironic. Like here, I don't know. Here's here's my my comment that I left uh, when I post. I posted this to the Facebook group. Yeah. Um. Imagine the person playing this guitar blows up Stevie Ray Vaughan style, and mm -hmm. decades from now. Mm -hmm middle-aged guitarists with too much money are going to be buying reproductions of a guitar that have, I hate my dad written in pink on them. Like guitar luthiers are going to study for years to perfectly reproduce the line underneath hate. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> What's a, why not indeed, Steve? Why not indeed? What's what is it that Tom Morello's guitar says on it? Uh, uh, eat the rich. Oh, oh, arm the homeless. Arm the homeless. Arm the homeless. Arm like, the homeless. <laughs> arm the homeless. Think, arm the homeless. Think, arm the homeless. Think, arm the homeless. And, and that's the thing is like, if this just said this machine kills you, I'd be like, that's, that's badass. That's pretty freaking punk rock. Yeah, but I hate my. That takes it to another, you, the you, this machine, the you is directed towards the dad. The dad found this guitar is like, this guitar has a very threatening aura and he's the one who threw it away. <laughs> this machine kills you, dad. I hate my dad. The, the intensity of the mojo behind this guitar is staggering. This I, guitar has 
raw energy stored inside of it like it's haunted. It is haunted by a living soul. I wish there were more pictures of this guitar. It, <laughs> it's got a, I think the finish on it looks okay. The neck actually looks like a pretty decent quality neck. I think this might have been like a Mexican fender. From, yeah, from, from this shot, I, I don't doubt that's that at all. That's a replacement pick guard, though. I, I don't think Fender ever. And no, they do, a, they do single plies of, every now and then. But a single ply cream? It's probably aged. Sun aged. And then the I just, the the knobs look cheap to me. Anyway, I don't know. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting Mexican strat vibes here. Yeah. Well something your, about that sunburst. Your dad threw this guitar away. <laughs> Sorry. For kid. a dad to throw away a guitar that's got money attached to it, that's serious. He didn't try to pry that quarter off. He's like, I'm just throwing this away. Yeah, why wouldn't you just like Also, it's got DeMarzios in it. I know. No matter the guitar, that's like $175 in pickups. What, what? So, so this kid got a guitar from their non-musician dad because their dad doesn't like doesn't care about the money because otherwise their dad would have been like, I'm going to throw your guitar away after I salvage these DeMarzios. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. The dad doesn't know how to read. <laughs> what? <laughs> He has no idea what the guitar says on it. So, like, hey, honey, that's a nice song. Thanks, Dad. And the whole time he's looking at a guitar that says, I hate my dad. Oh, man. I, I, I just, I, I want to know so much about this. I want to know. Who I wish I had a full shot of this guitar so we could make shirts out of it. Oh, I should just write Depento. I'm going to write Depento after this. What if this is just a... Uh... What if this upside down thing is actually just a, they really, really like Stone Temple Pilots, um, but they all they had on them was this pink paint pen. It's STP. Yeah, it might be STP. Could there be. You go. Who knows? Who can even know? Who can even it's know? It's also, I mean, read it upside down. Without the T. Um, DS? Maybe they just love the DS. Oh. The Nintendo DS. And that oh. little, the cross is the, the, the playing cross. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just want a DS1. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Is this graphic, is this graphic from Chronicles of Narnia? No. Is that like the lamppost and then this is Mr. Beaver's house over here and this is the path from Mr. Beaver's That's house? That's a mess up path. To the lamp. It's no, it's, it looks like a sperm wrapped around a sword. Just kind of a bad, badass imagery. I don't think if you that's think what about it is. <laughs> I do not think that's what But this guitar is genius. Think about that. Like an icon that's a sperm wrapped around a sword. You see that, you know not to dick with whatever mystic knight fraternity that is. They are not joking around. Oh, man. Put that on a shield and march around in medieval England. <laughs> They don't even know what sperms are yet. <laughs> Get us out of here, man. All right, we're going to play another song by uh, Clark Starace from the band Wiped Out. Uh, we played one last week. We're going to play one this week when it downloads. If it downloads, Ryan, fix your freaking internet, man. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. Good use of a fade out on that. Yeah. It actually surprised me when the fade out started. That's all the end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait, are they going for a fade out right now? <laughs> whoa. <laughs> uh, that was great. Another great track. We played one uh, last week, too. Yeah. Uh, man, th- they're drums. They're just dropping some bombs with yeah, their drums. Those drums sound sick. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sending us those. Uh, can't talk all of a sudden. Thanks for sending us those songs. Everyone out there, send us your own songs, too, and we'll play them. Yeah. Until next time.